Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey hon, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I am here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and drink the Kool-Aid with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Huns to Humans. I'm here with Molly, and she is going to tell us her Amway story. Molly, take it away. (laughs) Hey, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me on. This is great. This is my first anti-MLM podcast. So I'm like, okay, here's my... I feel like I'm coming out. Like, it was... It was actually harder to come out as anti-MLM than it was to come out as queer, which is like, just says a lot about yeah. things, I think. Um, yes. Yeah, so my husband and I, we are now separated, but we started our Amway business <laughs> using air quotes because I need to stop calling it a business because it is not an actual business. Yes. We are not independent business owners. We are contractors that are highly underpaid. Yes. We were, rather. Um yeah, we started in 2012. We had just gotten married. Um, we were dinks, dual income, no kids. So, you know, so that's, we were the people that you wanted to find. So freshly married, super Christian, super evangelical, super conservative, um, and looking for friends because we got married at 19 and 20. And we like, you know, thought that we were going to go on and change the world super easily. And, um, this business, this, uh, we got contacted by a, a girl that I'd actually gone into high school, gone to high school with her fiance called me. And yeah, he had already been in this involved in this team for a couple of years. And they have since also left Amway and have apologized to us for not trying to get us out sooner, which is helpful to nice. heal with your upline. <laughs> um, yeah, we were in for seven years and lost a ton of money. But every single year, we were convinced that we were just on the cusp of a breakthrough. And so there was enough love bombing and enough false um, momentum to keep us in. Yeah. Uh, but we, we seriously got in because we were like, you know, I think Amway is, it's the biggest, it's the biggest MLM, but it's the least known about online because people just, I don't, whatever. There's a bunch of reasons for that. But the reason we got in was because we were like, all these products we are already buying anyway. It was soap and shampoo and edible goods and things that we thought that we were purchasing anyway. We did not at all think that the pricing was a problem because that's, of course, the um, the thing that they talk the most about is like, if you question the product prices, then you're an idiot. You know, then you're, that's yeah. just such a silly question. How, why would you even ask about that? And so then you really do start to feel stupid for questioning like the main things that are keeping you in. Um, 
keeping you in debt rather. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why we joined. Yeah. That's the quick, <laughs> the <story>. quick version. <laughs> yeah, the quick version. Oh my gosh. Um, do you mind if I ask, do you have any idea how much debt you were in? Well, we were spending, so, oh, so here's the thing. So we were involved in a training organization. So Amway is kind of known. They have multiple different training organizations. Um, so we were involved with LTD and uh, part of the teaching of LTD from our upline, well, they'll say, you know, we're not telling you to do this, but this is what we did. Yeah. And they said, you know, the men should have control of finances. Because if you're going to stress about finances, it's better just to have one person stressing about it than have the other person. So I didn't even look at our finances for the majority of our marriage because I just thought, why do I need to? Right. Um, so I'm not going to give an exact number, but we were spending at least $500 up to $1,000 every single month on products and quote unquote training materials, which is literally just listening to somebody tell the exact same story over and over again of their regs to riches or how they became whatever. And, and each of those business audios we had to pay for. So we were listening to, again, paying for, we'll just say it was like six bucks on the low end for one audio, three a day. So you get, yeah. So you get all these, you know, audios from your upline that help you, you know, stay in the game and, keep your, keep your head in the game, but then you end up paying for them at the end because that's just what you do. We were paying $150 a month. And that was the mid tier option for the training organization that we were in, which is another pyramid scheme. That's another pyramid scheme. Like Amway is well known for having like the ATS Amway tool scam. Mm -hmm. And that is like, so they're not only are they getting your money from all these ridiculously expensive products, but you're also convinced that you need to buy all of these training materials. And so anyway, that's a really long answer to your question, but we were spending a ton of money every month and we never broke even, not even one month. And you said that you were, I don't know if you said it on here, if you said it to me, but you were in for seven years. So seven years of spending 500 to $1,000 a month on Amway stuff. Yep. Six, never six to seven even. years. I don't remember. I don't know the exact, but yeah, 2012, yeah. we got out in 2018. So, um, Holy moly. Wild. And I literally was so disillusioned. Like I had no idea that I would have said, I'm happy to pay for this. We're growing and changing. We're sowing seeds. We genuinely believe that every dollar we put in, we would get back. And yeah, I posted a TikTok about this yesterday. Like the main quote around this from everybody on the team was, if the dream is big enough, the facts don't count. It's like the facts matter. You need to look at your numbers. You need to look at, and then, you know, people hearing that can be like, oh, well, if you would have just worked harder, if you would have just done blah, 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 then you could have made money. You're right. I could have made money if I did more in the business and it would have been off the backs of other people that were paying. Yeah. So it's like people that are making money and people that aren't making money are both proving the exact same point that this is still not a viable business opportunity. <laughs> right. Um. Did you guys end up having a team at all? We had a team at one point of like 10 people, I think. And that in Amway, it's like who, who attends physically, who physically attends a function. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only way that they allow you to count your numbers. 
which is odd because um, everything is in person with Amway. Like there's nothing, we did no social media. We did no, I mean, we had some Facebook groups for quote unquote leadership teams, which were a shit show by the way. Um, but we, in general, every single, we had weekly meetings. Yeah, everything was in person. Um, so, and you were out by the time COVID hit, but like, dude, how did they survive when COVID dude. hit if everything's in person? Isn't that funny? Okay, so this is hilarious. So when COVID hit, I was still in one of the like Facebook groups or something. And I saw a picture of one of my old upline trying to set up a team meeting like online. And it just showed him like behind a desk with so many cords. Like there doesn't (laughs) need to be this many cords. It doesn't need to happen. It's not necessary. So I screenshot the photo and I just showed like, you couldn't tell who it was. You couldn't tell anything. It was literally just a picture of feet under a desk with a bunch of cords. And I, and I tweeted like some people like really need help with figuring out how to transition. (laughs) This guy, my old upline texted my husband to basically, you know, control your woman (laughs) because he couldn't text me, I guess. Like, isn't that hilarious? And he was like, basically like cease and desist. Like our lawyers are going to come after you. I'm like, do you not know how the internet works, bro? Like, do you not know how libel works? You can literally come after me for nothing. Like nothing. There's yeah. no face in this photo. I am not saying even anything bad about you. I am more pointing out that you are really silly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. I, I think that they transitioned everything online, but then st- I know that they were still charging this, the full amount for, especially for online um, like functions. And now they're back. Now they're back in, in person. Just doing their super spreader thing. <laughs> yep. Just doing their super spreader. So that's exciting. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, All right. So you said that you have a whole list of things that like you pointed to as like mental health issues with Amway. Uh, Do you want to jump over to that? Yeah, for sure. So I, I think maybe it would be a good idea to talk about like my habits first, like what it looked like to be involved in this team. Um, So the first thing I have was just like, so I have them separated into daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly habits. So this is what, I mean, this was bottom line, like bare minimum of what we were doing. So every single day for six to seven years, we're listening to, like I said, two to three audios, like, so, you know, business stories Mm -hmm. from the media app, which you pay for um, through leadership team development they have you pay to listen to these stories of people where they deliver these stories and made money from delivering them. it's insane um <clears throat> well I should say not everybody makes money from telling their stories disclosure <laughs> <laughs> every single second of my life was controlled by what would be quote unquote best for my business there was not a single day where I hit my head on the pillow and said I did enough today like I if I was at the grocery store I was feeling like I needed to contact people and tell them about this business opportunity or like strike up a conversation with a stranger so that you know in case they 
are drowning in debt, then I can quote unquote, save them from their debt, even though I myself was drowning in it and was completely disillusioned. Um, we also had a messaging app. So this came with your uh, monthly payment of which again, we were paying 150 bucks. So that was the messaging app and the media app. And you got tons of messages every day of your, from your upline, from crossline, from all these different people telling their amazing stories. Um, so that was all daily. That's what I was doing weekly. We had a weekly um, meeting, which started at 8 p.m. And at the earliest, you left by 10.30 p.m. This was every single week, every single Thursday. Um, night owls were another thing. So that's what they say. You know, this is not, you'd, you could basically qualify to stay late at a meeting. Okay, you qualified to be able to stay late and listen to people talk about basically their faith and how this business came to them because white Jesus sent them to this business. And um, that's insane. Those- like just comparing that to like regular life, like I do everything I can to get out of work on time. Like, you know, like I'm not trying to like short anyone or whatever, but like I want to leave when I'm supposed to leave and I don't want to qualify to stay late at work. <laughs> Yeah, you leaders, leaders, you know, you got to get around the heat, got to, got to stay late, come early, stay late. That was the whole thing. And it was, and they said, like, if you're tired, it's because of your job. If you're tired right now and you're falling asleep at a night owl, it's because of your job. And here's a really, another really weird thing about these meetings that you had to qualify for is that you'd have to qualify. So they'd say, okay, you had to have attended a major conference We had four major conferences a year. And then you could like stay. That was, an, that was a pretty common qualification. But then as soon as the meeting started, they'd say, oh, by the way, this, this meeting has nothing to do with Amway or LTD. So they can basically say whatever they want. It's like, well, really? Because the qualifications to be in this room were I had to spend this much money in my business or sell this much or have this many legs on my team. And now you're saying, oh, well, we're basically going to tell you how to vote now. And we're going to tell you. Anyway, it's, it's wild. Um, we also had a weekly team call. So we'd go to our uplands house and make a bunch of calls. Humiliating, horrible, rarely successful. <laughs> so like, Month- so for other MLMs, like weekly team calls is like on a Zoom call. So for this, you guys were like all getting together and like yeah. mass calling people. Yep. So you'd either like do round robin where you'd like go around the room and listen to other people make calls. Can you imagine how wonderful that is? Or you'd like kind of split off into different rooms and like try to book meetings for the week. And it's, so, I mean, you'd literally, they would have you download your entire contact list and they would get an Excel spreadsheet of your entire contact list and you would call everyone or they would for you. Oh my God. Yeah. It was wild. Like they had lists of like, think about your dentist, think about your chiropractor, think about every single person in your life. I remember one time at a meeting, seeing my crush from first grade at a meeting and my upline was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe you didn't contact him before this. Like, Really? Oh, yeah. That was obviously your fault. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like you lost the, you lost the leg. Anyway. So, okay. That was weekly team calls. So we, so that's, we're up to two nights a week that are completely, I have to get a sitter for, or if you have kids or, um, you feel completely guilty that you didn't go right monthly. We had a five hour team meeting every month. 
Um, and then there was at least at a minimum two other additional meetings every month for like the smaller teams yearly. Like, like I said, there was four conferences. There was also other two leadership conferences that you could go to that were, uh, they don't teach leadership. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So this is, these are all my habits. I'm like leaving the business. See how I still call it the business. It just rolls out of my, leaving this group. I did not realize how harmful it was right away. Like I had to tell myself, you know, this just isn't for me. There's nothing wrong with it. They, they have good intentions. I obviously see people make money. It's okay. Like, I think I really just had to tell myself that to get out, like to get away from this mentality because it was harmful. Um, and and kind of going back to the, what you had mentioned before, like a list of things that I felt coming out of here, mm -hmm. coming out of this team, um, a common phrase that they would say that people that were quote unquote successful or made a lot of money um, in the business would say, well, we're just products of, products of the system. So we just, you know, we followed these plans. We did these daily habits, all the habits that I just listed out. Mm -hmm. And we just, we walked through the plan. We walked through the process and look at us now, you can do it too. And blah, blah, blah. And Honestly, when I, I, so I, I started making a list of what are actual products of the system? What are, what is actually coming out of this yeah. for me? And for me, it was like a major fear of facts against my company. I, I never, ever felt like I was free to even Google Amway or my upline's name or leadership team development. I felt terrified that I was going to read something that would disprove whatever and scare me I was constantly vigilantly avoiding facts I had constant shame of not doing enough um, obviously debt a lot of debt cognitive dissonance I have no idea how I could tell people that I could help them get out of debt when I myself was going into debt <laughs> yeah um, and honestly exhaustion I was so exhausted and also since leaving the really hard thing has been so I am an actual business owner now. <laughs> I am self-employed and like run Facebook ads and run social media for brands. Um, but it was really hard getting around people that were te teaching me success principles after I left this really manipulative team because I immediately thought everybody was trying to scam me or everybody was like hustle culture. It just felt like all of hustle culture is MLM culture. Like yeah. exhaustion was so put on a pedestal. It's so good for you. It's, and I was constantly avoiding my inner voice. Like I have honestly sitting right next to me, I have eight notebooks from the past six years, all from being at these meetings. And I was so excited to look through them. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to read my journals and, you know, kind of get inside my brain and what I was thinking. And I opened them up and none of them are journals. It is all just notes from being at meetings because their words replaced mine. Their words replaced my inner voice. And the second I slowed down, and I honestly believe if I would have been able to slow down in the middle of this and just listen to my body and what I was needing, I think I could have saved myself years of pain. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. And I really resonated with what you said about like, how could you 
like tell people that this was going to get them out of debt when like you were struggling and you were in debt. Like I think about that all of the time, like, cause they like in my MLMs, they will always say the same thing, but I never realized that I was in debt because totally. like, I worked a real job. So like, <laughs> yeah, you weren't looking at that. No, I had no idea. I had no idea. Actually, it wasn't until like very recently, like I went to a convention and I was like, oh, well, I like cleared my whole bank account on this trip to Vegas. And I blamed Vegas. I blamed clearing my bank account on Vegas, not on the convention. Even when I was out in anti MLM, I was like, it wasn't the MLM. (laughs) Yeah, it was 100%. I listen to you because everybody tells you, you know, as soon as you get out of MLM, what's the one podcast everybody tells you to listen to mm-hmm. the dream, right? Like yeah. have you, you've, everybody's yeah. listened to it, right? I remember listening to that for the first time in 2018 and being such an Amway apologetic. I did not believe any of it. Like I didn't re- believe Robert Fitzpatrick was, was telling the truth about all the lobbying that goes on and all the, and how it was actually, you know, founded and how I was like, no, that's, that's not true. And listening to it again, I just listened to it last week for the second time. And I was like, wow, I was, again, cognitive dissonance. Like you totally, your ego supports what you have to believe. Yep. It's a survival. It's honestly survival. Like I I had to believe that those things were true. Otherwise it would have said that I'm a bad person. And if your ego immediately defends, if you think that you're causing harm, it's going to defend itself. Um, and so now I've been able to come to a place of like, you know what? I did cause harm. Mm -hmm. And also I was a victim. And also everybody that caused harm to me is a victim still. Yes. Um, so that's been really helpful. And I'm, I'd be curious, like your thoughts on this too. Like what has been helpful for you mentally, um, in healing specifically looking at it through an empathetic lens? Um, so I've definitely gone through like a lot of stages of grief and, um, yeah. How long first, are you in? Um, so collectively over my three MLMs, three MLMs that I was actually like consultants for. And then I had a couple that like, I was like very heavy consumers for, but like, wasn't oh, an yeah. actual like consultant, um, yep. 10 years collectively. Um, so when I first got out, I like really went hard on, um, I talk about her all the time, Roberta Blevins. Um, my oh yeah. I have an interview on her podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I literally deep dived through the entire thing. And then yes. I just went on and on to the next one and the next one. And like, I still constantly feel like I need to consume anti MLM content because I'm scared that I will get back into an MLM. Like, you know what? That is such an important conversation. And when I go on Roberta's podcast, this is like this is the conversation I think I want to like center it around is, and we can talk about it here too. Um, if we don't, I wrote this down. If we don't, okay, here it is. Until we heal and uproot and examine exactly what made these relationships codependent and harmful, we are vulnerable to repeat the same pattern in other relationships. So noticing. We had anybody who was involved in an MLM and they were deep enough. You had a really weird and codependent relationship with your upline. Yes. And a really weird and codependent relationship with people of power of constantly putting people on pedestals yeah. of 
not fact-checking, not trusting yourself. So these are the things that make us vulnerable. Um, And for me, you know, it it also leaving the MLM included a deconversion of my faith. Um, And I don't, not everybody has to do that. I think that some people will hear my story and immediately want to throw it out. Like, oh, well, she's not a Christian anymore. So she's clearly lost and she doesn't know what she's doing. Well, that's not true. I love you for thinking that. And I understand that you need to believe that for your own survival, but that's not true. Right. The thing is with, with church and faith, there are things that you can, that you can salvage, right? So there are, I have a point, I promise. There are things about that relationship or about that power structure and that religion that are helpful to people's lives that can be health, healthy and safe. But in an MLM, there's nothing to salvage. It's, it's not a viable business. It has a proven failure record and also not helpful for our mental health. So what happens, I think, is when a lot of us come out of these really harmful um, people groups, we're looking for somebody to guide us. And again, putting more people on the pedestal. And it has been a constant battle of taking people off a pedestal. First, it was from inside these these. Uh, companies and now it's even with my friends I'm noticing oh my gosh I am totally giving way more attention to this person's words than they've earned (laughs) yeah Um, Uh, I do so now I catch myself doing that with Roberta like I'm obsessed with her because I think it was just because I clearly I like her podcast format like I have a very similar format um and she's also very health cognizant and also just I'm such um, a trailblazer in the anti-MLM community so I was like oh my god Roberta Blevins like I can't wait to be like her and then I was like what on earth are you doing the same thing is a regular human she's a badass human she's an awesome person she's an awesome advocate and I'm obviously not saying that she's not any of those things but like again like putting her on this pedestal and I'm like did you like what are you doing like she's just a human just like you are and you're also a badass Danielle so like like absolutely and it's not even fair to the people we're putting on a pedestal to do that yeah because we're expecting more from them you know and so to truly honor a person is to see them as a person right (laughs) as a human um so I I really hope that this conversation continues in the anti-MLM space because, okay, if you think about it, all the personalities of people that are super successful in MLMs are magnetic and fun and fire and, you know, powerhouse people and really good at getting people to listen to us. Yeah. And if we are not checking ourselves, that can obviously go to the unhealthy side of things so I'm really happy to hear that that conversation is happening because I'm very new to the anti-MLM community like how did you get here (laughs) um okay so when I left it was three years ago that I left (laughs) and like I said I listened to the dream and I did a little bit I I dipped my tone a little bit Mm -hmm. but I honestly I think I again I had to put it on the shelf because I couldn't handle something about that, that process. And I think it was because I had lost so many friends. I had, it was really hard. Um, it it takes so much confronting yourself. Like 
to enter the anti-MLM community means that you have to admit that you did harm. And yeah. that is heartbreaking for us because we are told that we're going into these communities to help other people and to like serve others and to like- and I don't want to be a hater. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be a hater, a loser, a yeah. quitter. You know, I got, I went stupid. That's what they'd say. You can go yeah. stupid at any level. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was the thing that they said. I need to stand up and pace. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, I was going to say something about that, though. About, oh, and I was scared. Like, honestly, I was super scared to speak out because I was like, I don't know, can they come against me? Can they? But then I realized I'm not even, first of all, if they came at me and said, like, wanting me to stop talking, they'd have to first prove what, that what I'm saying isn't true. Right. Bitch, I got receipts. <laughs> I have receipts. Like, a lot of them. Um, so I actually talked to my therapist about this and she was like, it's so interesting, Molly, that um, you're still waiting for permission from a man to even tell your story. It was like, I, my whole life, I feel like has been per- a process of waiting for, you know, from permission from a man to do something right. in one way or another. And it is just really wild. She was like, you're totally waiting for somebody to give you permission to tell your story, even though you have a really unique perspective and one that victims are not speaking out. People that quit do not speak out because it is so all the reasons we just said. And that's the reason why they're still in business. And that's the reason why there's no framework for boundaries in these relationships. There's no framework for any limit. Right. With a codependent upline. Um, so, but honestly, I think it was Lula Rich that like, switch something in me. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just hearing their stories, hearing the vast array of stories from different companies. Um, something about that was like, okay, it's time for me to start talking about this. So that's, that's what led me here. I'm so glad that you're here. And like, oh my gosh, I just have so many thoughts about what you said. My brain just went, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, Um, I hope this conversation makes sense for people listening, but I think it will. (laughs) uh, So uh, it's, it's not a secret that I have ADHD and I'm all over the place on my podcast. I have a second podcast that is like a sister to this one and it's called from Hun. Nope. That's this one. It's called human (laughs) humans. And it's just about mental health um, and people's mental health stories. Um, So like I'm constantly just like all over the place all the time. So if you're listening to this, you've probably gotten that that message by now. <laughs> um, I, mean, it is fun to just hear people's stories and kind of what comes out. And I think it's more authentic and genuine when like you do bounce around and you do kind of go all over the place. Like it just goes to show how much like our brains go all over the place. Um, I'm curious. One of the things that I really experienced a lot um, in MLMs was like this, like really big like dopamine rush when um you do anything with the MLM and I'm curious I haven't asked anyone if they've gotten this but like I would get like dopamine rushes um or like dopamine hits like if somebody texted me or called me or asked me about it or joined my team like every single time or like they praise you so then you get a dopamine hit absolutely constantly searching for all of this dopamine and it would like ruin my life do you feel like that oh yes I mean it was 
a constant chase of how can I overcome another fear? Cause that's how I viewed it. Yeah. So I would get a dopamine rush talking to a random stranger at a supermarket and then looking at me like I'm an idiot. I would think that's a good thing. That's right. what I was told. If they don't get it, that's their problem. And I was straight up told to associate quote unquote, overcoming my fear and talking to random people about this, this thing that isn't even proven in my life. Um, and the love bombing at these meetings is absolutely outrageous. And that's what kept us in for so long. I mean, we, like I said, at the beginning, we had just enough perceived momentum. So they would, you know, they would recognize us, have a stand up, everybody clap, have us walk across the stage, have us, you know, share a story from the microphone to, to get us to continue doing these habits that was really just lining their pockets and not ours. And it was not working. Right. And I can't imagine how hard it would be to get out if it was like, I'm honestly thankful that we didn't make any money because if we would have, we would, the people that are making money are, can't afford to ask themselves these questions on, am I causing harm? Because again, it's going to threaten your ego. Right. Um, oh, I just had a question and then it disappeared. Um, yeah. So dopamine rushes are real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I had a question. Um, Love oh, I, bombing, wanted maybe? Ask, I wanted to ask about like your husband, cause I know in Amway or your ex-husband, um, yep. it's very much like they want you to be this team. So it sounds like you like were able to kind of see things weren't right. And you were trying to leave. Was he like right there with you or did he take convincing or was he kind of the one that showed you? So we, it was, he was not, he was not far behind. So what happened was I started making money on my own. Mm-hmm doing social media management. I was brand new to this industry. And let me tell you how amazing it was to go into an industry that was not saturated. And I actually had people that actually needed something from me. Like I actually had a skill that I could offer people that was going to help them. So when I started in this, it was overlapping. I was still in the business. I was actually meeting with my upline, helping with their blog and their social media stuff. And they were really trying to keep us in. But as soon as he started making money outside of the, of this team, it was like all it took for me because I believed for seven years that this was the only way to have financial freedom. I genuinely believed that. So like, I never would have joined another MLM because we were drilled for so many years that this is the only way to survive, the only way to find financial freedom. All it took for me to enter the gray area was that there was one other way to make money. Like that was viable and that I didn't hate. Because that's what they constantly would say is like, you would hate your job and you, you know, for the rest of your life, you don't build this thing. And so as soon as I started making money, I was pretty much like, I'm good with not going. Um, and then there was an extremely sexist comment made at, which there was every meeting. I mean, <laughs> that's not whatever, but you know, and I asked my upline about it and their response was, uh, the, the man said to me, you know, you're just looking for negative because you're, once you start, you know, once you got one foot out the door, you're just looking for negative. So that's why. Yeah. And his wife said, 
you know, I just hope you're okay because this is just how the world is. So I hope you're going to make it kind of thing. Like everybody's sexist. It's not our fault. This is just how the world is. So getting those responses was my last straw. My um, then, well, technically still husband's um, last meeting, he told our upline, he was crying. He was in the back of the room crying and he was there by himself without me. And he said, I think, I think it's about time we have that talk. That's what he said to his upline. <clears throat> Again, after seven years, like this was our, the people that we spent so much time with and we had no friends outside of the, this team, barely so any. What happened when you left? Did, did everyone leave you? Yep. So he, that was the last talk that my husband had with our upline at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, wow. Like he basically, he said, like, wow, really? Like you're going to just be done. And then he met with another one of our upline at like a coffee shop. And he was like, and he said to him, I'd love to keep in touch, you know, whatever. And the upline said, you know how this is. Oh my gosh. Nope. Like we don't need to keep in touch. You know how that, you know how this goes. Cause it's like, you know, if you're not, if you're not wh whatever phrasing they use, I have to spend time with people that are, have the same vision as me, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, how, whatever way they can justify cutting you off. Absolutely. And I did, I had a few people that didn't cut me off, but eventually I just was like, I'm sorry, but this is just truly causing too much harm. Like it, and it's painful. I, tr I believe I wholeheartedly believe that every single one of the people that we knew in the business in Amway will one day get out and call us. <laughs> I hope so. I still hold on to that hope. I still hold on to it because I love them as people deep down. Um, and I know that they're, that there's cognitive dissonance making them not look at reality. Absolutely. Um, uh, if you're not open to this conversation, we don't have to have it. And you can tell me that, but at the beginning of the podcast, you said it was harder to come out as anti-MLM than it was to come out as queer. And I'm curious about how Amway affected your journey on coming out. Yeah, it's queer. Yeah. Um, well, I, hmm, there's, I mean, there's a lot more to this, right? So another part of me coming out and I'm still in this process too. So it's like new and hard. Yes. Um, but another part of me coming out as queer was coming out as polyamorous. So um, basically, you know, the, the ability to be in love with more than one person at the same time. And I forever, mostly, you know, due to church doctrine, believe that if I thought somebody else was attractive, then there was something wrong with me. Um, why wasn't my husband fulfilling every single one of my desires? <laughs> he was brought here by God. Why? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with it was, I never looked at him because I knew he was amazing. Um, but I truly thought there was something wrong with me. I was told by my upline that I had a Jezebel spirit. Um, so anything to do with sexuality, I was terrified of. I was just looking through my notes the other day and I, I wrote flirting sows seeds of divorce. It's like I was so did not trust my own emotions and my own body's responses that I con and I constantly was telling myself that I am bad for having them. So as soon as I realized, okay, <laughs> I am allowed to have attraction <laughs> to other people. Yeah. I am allowed to not be a bad person for feeling this. Um, and this was, you know, going through 
therapy and things like that with my husband. And that's all involved in this process. Um, so coming out as queer was just like, oh, so everybody isn't bisexual because I kind of thought that all women loved women. <laughs> like I truly, I think thought that every woman felt the same way I do about women. <laughs> and I was like, that's just how I thought in the back of my mind all the time. So as soon as I realized people didn't feel that way and I had allowed myself again, given myself the grace to actually feel what I was feeling and not shame myself for having those feelings, I came out. So I don't know if Amway impacted that as much as the team that we were a part of was incredibly spiritually manipulative. Okay. And they would tie in the, you know, Bible and whatever cherry picking theology they wanted to use and use it to support their agenda. Which must've made it like super, like it must've just made it even harder and harder for you to like figure out like how you felt about yourself. Oh, it was impossible. I mean, we, and we were told we were walking away from God's call on our life when we left the business. Straight yeah. up. This is God's call on your life. Amway. Amway is. Yes, of <laughs> this course. is why, I mean, what? That is so silly. That is so silly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I truly hope that, you know, whoever ends up listening to this can, can honor themselves, can honor their own feelings, can, can it like get away enough from whatever people group they're a part of to like, listen to their own inner voice because ah, it sounds so cheesy. I just think it's real. <laughs> It's not cheesy. I don't think it's cheesy. And it's hard. It's hard saying things and like speaking from your heart now and, and even saying things like that because in MLM, you're taught you're taught to like do the same thing. Yes. It double speak, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, what were your experiences with double speak? Oh my gosh. I mean, um, <sighs> I think a lot of it was around like the, the business being so credible, the Amway being so credible as a company. Like yeah. we are, you know, a giant, we are an $8 billion company. We're this, this, and this. And then also being told to not read any information about it online and not, and not believe any negative that you ever hear and that every single thing that you ever read that's negative is somebody with another agenda or you know they're not happy in their own life why would you trust them like if it's so credible then it should stand up to scrutiny if this business is a business then it, it, there will be lots of people saying good things about it <laughs> like right. it just didn't make any sense I think that's the biggest, the biggest one that I saw was the way that they talked about the actual corporation itself and how credible it is. And yeah, wild. Amway is so interesting to me because like, honestly, I didn't even know Amway existed until after I was out of MLMs and like, I don't know, I must've just been really lucky to not have Amway enter my life, but like, it's so scary to like listen to the Amway stories that I hear 
Um, and I'm currently watching the Scientology documentary that Leah. Yeah, read. that was a big one for me. And when I left watching that one and the next DM one, I was like, this is eerie. I see like a lot of things that are similar in that documentary that people tell me about Amway and like I connect everything to all of them really but like Amway in particular especially with like the sleep deprivation and um sleep is for sissies and diamonds that's what they'd say and the scary thing is is that they believe it yep and you're not a diamond so sissy yeah that's what they say wow it's of course you're not making good decisions on a brain that's not functioning properly. Right. Right. And why didn't I know that I could have just left? Like at these conferences that were going until so, so late. Oh, but they would tell us, oh, you guys are, you guys are lucky. It used to go till four in the morning. It used to go till, you know, so much later. We're, we're ending at midnight. You guys have no idea how lucky you are. And so you just feel, it was just constant, constant yeah. guilt. Uh, I have a whole list of like my breaking points leaving. I mean, it's wild. It, it's let's long. Hear let's hear them. Somebody's dad died at a conference. So <gasps> one of the, um, sorry, he wasn't at the conference. The, the oh. dad wasn't at the conference, but the, this was a leader on the team. Yeah. He found out that his dad died at the conference. And he was praised on stage for keeping it from his whole team, the whole conference, and just being a leader, putting his head down and being a leader and not showing them that he was sad. Oh my gosh, that poor man. Like, what? And they were talking about, I remember his wife sharing, you know, there were a lot of people that came up to him and were complaining about little things over the weekend. And he just, you know, he, he was a support to them while he was really going through something that that was really serious. It's like grief is a very integral part of the human experience and should be honored. And that is horrible that you think that it is better that you didn't show what was really going on in your life. That is insane. Um, that's so sad. I, a lot of these are like, I don't even know if I'm ready to share about them. And that's okay. Um, I remember somebody had their wedding going on and they had scheduled it and the upline, we're all in a circle of ladies and they had, they had scheduled their wedding over, a uh, event, a business event. And the upline, I remember her looking at all the ladies and whispered to us, check upline before, like she was blaming this girl in, on their team for scheduling the, her wedding before checking upline that it overlapped with a business event. Oh my God. She was, she was shamed and gossiped about to everybody else. That's so sad. Stuff like like that. What? Yeah, I definitely didn't ask my work before I scheduled my wedding. (laughs) I mean, I had several, one of the most, I'm not going to go into what it was, but something really specific happened in my life. I found out that, um, I found out that, okay, whatever. I found out my parents' marriage was ending essentially. Mm -hmm. And I was at a business meeting and I remember my upline just basically telling me 
to put on a happy face and it's going to be fine. Go sit down. Instead of being like, oh my God, this is serious. Yeah. Why don't you take the night off? Are you okay? I just remember his face so clearly just trying to like suppress whatever I was about to do. Like he was, he was worried that I was about to pop off or something like, oh no, no, no. We don't want to make it cry. Like just, it was wild. It's just so like, it's weird how like, even like the support is like double-edged. Like, you know what I mean? They're like so supportive. I'm using your quotes, so supportive. Uh-huh. But then like, and like, you can tell me anything. Always like come to me with your problems. But then like you do and they're like, no, like you don't have problems. Well, they're like, we're not therapists. We're not marriage counselors. Okay, well then why don't you ever recommend them to people on yeah. your team? You're right. You're not a marriage counselor. You're not a therapist. And also- that's really necessary. <laughs> yeah. If you want people to be this active. Yeah. And I also wrote down, you know, after, after we left, I, I did not try to reach out to people uh, that are still in. I haven't mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I like they get out and they feel safe in coming to me. That's amazing. Um, but I have said in conversation with people like, Hey, if you ever have any questions, I'm right here. If you ever want to ask me anything, I'm here for it. And I remember somebody saying, I'd rather stay ignorant, but thanks. Wow. And it's like, yeah, you know what? An abuser's worst nightmare is to have their victims talking openly to one another. And this is how abusers stay in power because everybody wants to turn the other cheek, just like the FTC is doing right now because they're getting so many hundreds of millions of dollars of lobbying funds. Yeah. And yeah, that's just why. It's so wild. It's so scary. It's like so scary how like, like even as us as people out of the MLMs, like we know like it's not even worth going to people and being like, let me help you. Like, let me show yeah. you. Yeah. Like it's, and that's it's what not- I've been, I've been asking myself a lot. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. Oh no, you're fine. Um, is there anything I could have said to myself that would have set me free? I've been asking myself this and I asked my mom and she's like, Molly, I really don't think there is. She's like, we try. And I don't really know if they tried, but I have to believe that if I can share my story and this, my thought process on where I was at and how defense, like, you know, defensive I got about all the things, there's gotta be something got to be something that we can say and but it's not going to be it's a scam it, that's not what's received and this is what I really want to talk with a Roberta about, Roberta about as well mainly just because she's been in this longer than we have yeah what is effective that's a really know, good I mean question. have you have you talked to anybody that that is like got out because of what you said no right so if we're just a big support group that's amazing but also I really want to dive in and figure out how to help. And I think that's where like Steven Hassan and I know Roberta is having him on her podcast. Yeah. Um, their creator of the bite model is really good at like asking the questions that give agency back to the people who are being manipulated. Um, like, Oh, well, have you ever, have you ever talked to anybody who's out? Have you ever talked to anybody who was in and quit? Yeah. Um, I've had people like, come to me and tell me that they've stopped supporting MLMs 
like they were purchasing from MLMs because of what I've told them, but I haven't had anyone come forward and tell me that they've left their MLM because of anything I've said. Um, Granted, I'm pretty, pretty new um, to the- And that's okay. Like we don't all have to serve that purpose. You know, that's not- because what we're doing now and just straight up having conversations about our experiences is so incredibly healing for us. Exactly. Exactly. This whole podcast, um, I told my fiance the other day, I was like, the podcast is really just about my karma. and like trying to fix it because the last 10 years, <laughs> I like put so much bad karma out there by being an MLM that I need to, I need to do as much good as I can. So like, got to even it out. Yeah it's just a balance of karma for me <laughs> not just oh my a balance gosh, of karma, it's, so but like, funny. it's such a big motivator to me to be like I know that I actively did harm so I need to actively undo something or actively mm-hmm. heal people um it's so important to me so yes absolutely I just I love finding people who have done the work of fully untangling years of indoctrination and so I'm so glad that you reached out. I'm so, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before I let you go? I'm sure we could think of things, but I feel like this is probably a good rounding off point. <laughs> um, yeah, I am on all social media as Molly R. Hale. That's the, the same handle on every single platform. So Awesome. And like, if people want... So I'll put that in the show notes, but also, do you want me to put a link to your business? Oh, it's fine. No, if anybody needs Facebook ads, email me, shoot me a DM. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, you'll find that when you go to my, to my pages, because I pretty much believe in having a personal brand and I don't have like a business page for my stuff because it's okay. just like, this is what I do. Here I am. Okay, um, but thanks awesome. for asking. <laughs> Well, I really try to support um, any businesses that I can that are yeah, not. Yeah, real ones. Yeah, real ones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love so. that. All right. Well, thank you. Thank, so- thank you so much. All right. Thanks again, Molly. Bye.